Oh, come on. Let's make some more noise. Stay on your feet. Stay on your feet for one more minute. Guys, I love this. I love this. Thank you for coming to Young Adults. Tonight, I don't like, stay on your feet. Stand up. It's okay. You'll sit down in a second. Got the rest of the night to sit down. Um, I don't know what kind of week you've had, but I, I know this. I promise you have reason to celebrate in this place tonight with a smile on your face, you guys, because he is so, so good. You are so loved. You are so chosen by this God of everything, by this king of the universe. Your life is so on purpose. This is so not a mistake that you are here, and all of that is possible because of this amazing God and his amazing grace, you guys. He is so, so, so good. Amen? So good, and I think, I think it would be appropriate if we start tonight just by telling him that really quick. So God, we love you so much. Gosh, God, we love you. We love you. We love you. We, not, we might not be where we want to be in life right now. We might not be who we want to be in life right now, but thanks to you, we're not where we should be. We're not who we used to be. And I pray right now, God, that you would remind anybody in this room tonight who needs to be reminded that their life matters and that you are for them and that you have not given up on them yet, God. Give rest to anybody in this place who hasn't had rest for their soul in far too long. God, would you let some of your Holy Spirit fire just fall from heaven tonight on this place in the name of Jesus? Would your kingdom life burn in our chests tonight? as we give you praise and as we sing about your glory, God. We are so lucky to worship a God as good as you. Thank you for being who you are. We love you. And we pray this right now in the powerful name of Jesus Christ. And everybody said, amen. amen. All right, find one person, one person, and, and tell them that they're in the right place tonight and maybe do an awkward Christian side hug. And then you may take a seat. All right, all right, take a seat. You're going to notice, if you haven't noticed already, there is a card on your chair. There's a card on your chair that is numbered 1 through 10 with a chance to check yes or no next to each of those questions. And, and here, here's what's about to happen. Uh, th this has been done a lot, but the very first time, like the very first sermon that I ever saw, one of the very first sermons I ever saw, a, a, a guy by the name of Scott Nickel, I saw him do this. He, uh, he's the former teaching pastor at Flatirons Church. I quote him all the time. Why? Because Flatirons is an amazing church and Scott's a phenomenal, phenomenal pastor. And he's actually the first pastor who made me ever want to be a pastor. And so Scott, I know you now live in Kentucky, I think, but if you see this, I love you, man. Text me. Let's hang out. And so... Here's, here's what's about to happen. The band is about to play one more song for which you may stay seated. Um, the, the lyrics won't be up on the screen. This is more of a reflection song. And while this song plays, there will be 10 questions right here that come up on the screen that are right behind me. And here, here's my promise to you right here. This is important. This will be completely anonymous tonight. Do not put your name on this card this is for you and God. Nobody will know what you put on this card. And I say that because these questions are yes and no questions that are real questions, okay? Questions will come up, one, and then two, and then three. And all I'm asking you to do is on your card, just put yes or no. 
depending on your answer. Just to give you a reference, I have far more yeses than noes on my card. And I promise you, here, I'm just asking that you please participate and that you bring honesty and vulnerability to church tonight because if you do that, I promise you there will come a point later tonight in about 30 minutes that you will be very, very glad that you did that you were honest. That, like This is going to be one of those nights of church. I believe this, not just because I'm supposed to say this, but tonight, this is going to be a night that people, that some of you remember for the rest of your lives. The Spirit of God is in this place. This is family. That's what this church is. If you can bring truth and authenticity, you will walk out of here tonight feeling more known, less alone, and more loved than how you walk in. And every honest yes that you put on that card will, will set somebody else a little bit more free tonight. That's my promise to you. The point of this is not isolation. It's actually the opposite. The point of this is not condemnation. It's for liberation. It's for you to walk out of here feeling liberated and not as alone as you walked in here. Okay, does that sound good? All right, band, let's do this. You guys, yes or no? And then the ushers, once, once question 10 comes up on the screen, the ushers will come forward and they'll pass baskets and you can just take your anonymous card and put it in the basket along with your pen. And then you can kick back, take a deep breath, lean back in the loving arms of a beautiful father. We know the line. And, and trust me, this will make sense. All right, sound good? All right, let's do it.
All right, what you need to know just right now is that this God of the universe whose hands are currently holding the entire world are holding your heart like this right now, even if you had yes and answer yes to every single one of those questions, even the pizza question, all right? His hands on your heart. He's got you like this tonight. Why? Because you're his people. You are his people. You're God's person. If you can actually believe that, his love really, really is that good. He's got you like this, and his ability to love is different than our ability to love. He loves unconditionally for, 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 for eternity perfectly. That's who our God is. That's, that's just that's what he does, and regardless of what you might have heard, your life is not a disappointment to him, and your story is not embarrassing to him, especially the flawed part of your story. You are fully known and truly loved all at the same time fully known and truly loved. And so can we give the band a round of applause really quick? Thank you, guys. Don't go too far, especially you, Boomer. Back in like 15 minutes, all right? Promise? I love you. I'll just be here. All right, man. Oh, we have a uh, Tim Keller quote. Alex, can you put that up on the screen? This quote, this, this quote, uh, one of my favorite quotes I've ever heard. To be loved but not known is comforting. To be known and not loved is our greatest fear. But to be fully known and truly loved is a lot like being loved by God. That's so good. And that's kind of the thesis of tonight. And so if you're taking notes, we're going to call this message fully known and truly loved. Fully known and truly loved. So write that down. We'll get going. Um, oh, guys, I might drink some water tonight because I'm dehydrated from crying over the last two hours. Uh, so sorry about that. Um, if I take a, a few swigs, I'll cheers all of you because um, it's 100 degrees today, so you might be thirsty and I might be the only one with water. Sorry about that. Uh, Jesus is living water. We'll talk about that later tonight, so that's good. <laughs> Uh, Jesse Davis is in the house tonight like she is most nights and has been most Thursday nights since 2010. Jesse Davis might just have the biggest heart of any human being that I know and, and I'll tell you why. Because uh, a little, little less than four years ago, about three weeks into me actually working at Red Rocks, we were still at the Heritage Square campus, rest in peace. Anybody remember Heritage Square? Oh my gosh. Well, if you don't, um, we always used to joke that between the parking lot and the, the church, there was a quarter-mile walk through a creepy theme park that you had to make. And um, I, we'll, we'll get back to Jeff. I, I wasn't planning on, this is, I'm sidetracked right now, but this is funny. So it's, it's like the creepiest theme park. Like, think the beginning of any horror movie you've ever seen, and you've got it. You've got it. You're thinking of the right theme park. And uh, it's scary during the day. Um, I, I had to walk from the church to my car in the parking lot one night by myself at 11 p.m. after locking up that building. And I swear, like I'm walking through the theme park, I walk by the merry-go-round, guys, and I swear, like it might have been in my head, but I swear I saw in my head or in reality a clown <laughs> behind the merry-go-round just looking at me. I just had to like... I've never told anybody that, but like, 
Do you remember like in 2015 when there were just, people were just dressing up as creepy clowns, scaring people, and nobody did anything about this? Do you remember that? And then I saw, this will do your heart good, this did my heart good, there was like some YouTube video where these two guys had their buddy film them dressing up like creepy clowns at like midnight, and these two guys hid out in an alleyway and jumped out to scare two young ladies walking by themselves, like in an alley, okay? And then like, you're like, this is so messed up, what's wrong with people? People need church, and then like... Like, across the street, there was, like, four dudes who saw this, and just, like, the fight or flight, and they, it was fight for them, and they just ran straight at these guys who were playing a prank, and for, like, a minute, beat them. <laughs> and forgive me for laughing, I'm a human being, I'm not fully sanctified yet, but I'm like, like, that's what you should get if you dress up like a creepy clown. You don't go to jail, you just get the crap beaten out of you for, like, five minutes, and then you won't do that again. So like, okay, back to Jess. Okay, so <laughs> me and Connor are in our office working away like we do. You know, when we're on the clock, there's, it's no fun time, no goofing around. We are, we work hard, all right, and that's it. And so we're in our office and all of a sudden we hear Jesse scream from the office right next door. And so I'm thinking immediately like, Fire, maybe it's a fire, maybe she saw a clown, like, I'm just kind of in that mood, to, like, I'll fight a clown, I'm in that kind of mood today, especially if I'm with Connor, I'll fight anybody, but especially, like, some clowns, let's go, and so we go into her office, and actually what it was, was a wasp that was, like, attacking her, and I'm thinking, okay, like, that, like, how many know getting stung by a wasp, like, ruins your day? You like you might as well go to bed and try again the next day, you know, if that's you. So I'm like, I get that. Like when I was little, my brother and I took baseball bats to a wasp's nest in our front yard. Learned the lesson the hard way that that freaking stings, right? And so I'd scream too. So we go in there and there's a wasp and uh, Jess has she's in the corner of her office and so I, I what do you, what do you what does anybody do in this moment? I take off my shoe and this was before my God-given deep love and conviction for shoes or else I would not have done this. I would have used Connor's shoes or the lamp or something. But I take off my shoe and I do what anybody does and I start smashing this wasp because they're pointless insects, right? Google it. Like bees give us honey. Wasps don't give honey. They don't give love. They don't hug you. They just sting you and that's it. And so while I'm smashing the life out of this pointless bug, I swear, and this is one of my favorite things in the world, Jesse Davis is in the corner with tears in her eyes, screaming to the bug, sorry, buddy, sorry, buddy, you don't deserve this. <laughs> to a bug. <laughs> That's her heart. For this pointless, pointless insect, I swear we almost had a funeral for this wasp that afternoon. That's how much love Jesse Davis has to give. Now watch me make this spiritual right here. If she feels that way about a wasp, do you have any idea what she feels for people? 
what she feels for you, the people in this room. I swear because I've seen it week in and week out. Every message homegirl gives from this platform right here comes from hours of prayer, hours of tears, and skipped meals. Every, like that. Why? Because she's an imitator of Jesus. Jesus fights for people. Jesus loves people. And I see a perfect picture of that in Jesse Davis. But here's the thing. This is what's crazy. Even the love she has for bugs... Even the love she has for, let's be like every animal in the animal kingdom, every breathing thing on this planet, but especially people, especially the people in this room, the love that she has for her friends and for her family. and, And she would say this, she'd be the first to say this, it is an imperfect shadow of God's perfect love for us, right? Like the Bible even says, the greatest thing that you could ever do for yourself, that you could ever do, would just be to understand a little bit more just how deep and how wide and how high and how vast God's love for you actually is. Like how much that would change your demeanor, right? Like he, 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 he loves in ways that are different than our ways. His ways are higher than ours. His ability to show compassion is more than us. And if you just got like a revelation like that big, of God's love, you walk into any room, I don't care what room, for the rest of your life and be 100% confident. He is infinitely compassionate with your brokenness and at the very same time, infinitely committed to your future. You are fully known and you are truly loved. He is so fully aware of your imperfections and at the very same time, so in love with you. And I wanna show you that In the Bible, and if you have your Bibles, go to John chapter 8. If you don't, it'll be up on the screen. Um, We're about to pack what I think is the most real and beautiful story that's ever been told, that's ever happened in the history of the world. More real than Lion King, all right? More beautiful than Dumb and Dumber. Like, this is... This is it, you guys. So John chapter 8, while you're turning there, I'll just give you some context really quick. Uh, The Jews back in the day had seven parties, celebrations, festivals throughout the year, right? Like that's your father's heart is to throw parties. Praise him. He is good for that, right? They like to throw parties. And the last one of the year was around the end of October. And it was a festival called the Feast of Tabernacles, where literally thousands of Jews from all over would make a pilgrimage back to Jerusalem to celebrate and thank God for rain, Why? Because rain means food. And in an agricultural community 2,000 years ago, water was everything. Water was life. Water represented the solution not only to physical thirst, but to spiritual thirst as well. And so for eight days, the Israelites would set up tents and camp out next to each other. And they would, they would drink a lot of wine. They would celebrate. They would do rituals and sacrifices. And they would listen to teachings by the religious leaders. And a lot of those teachings were centered around, oddly enough, water. And here's one, this is important, here's one of the main verses that the religious leaders taught on at the Feast of Tabernacles for the eight days that it went on, okay? It's Jeremiah 17, 13. It says this, Lord, the hope of Israel, all who abandon you will be put to shame. All who turn away from me will be what? Written in the dirt. Written in the dirt. Dry dirt is what you get when you don't have water when there's no life. For they have abandoned the Lord, the fountain 
of living water. So water was life because without water, there's no crops. And on the last and most important day of this festival, on the eighth day of the Feast of Tabernacles, a priest, what the priest would do is take a pitcher of water and a pitcher of wine and pour it on an altar while literally thousands of Israelites would yell the word Hosanna. They would yell Hosanna and what Hosanna means is God, come and save us. Hosanna in the highest. God, save us. God, send, save us by sending water. Save us by sending rain. Save us in the winter season so that we don't have a drought. God, save us from famine in the spring by sending water, right? God, save us from the Roman Empire that is oppressing us right now. God, save us. Hosanna in the highest. Save us, not just from physical thirst, but from spiritual thirst as well. And this is a fun fact. It was actually on this day of this year that Jesus was at this festival and Jesus was teaching and on this day proclaimed in a very, very loud voice. This is the very first time that he refers to himself as living water for the very first time, right? Hosanna, save us God by sending water. And Jesus stands up and proclaims, I am living water, aka abundant life. And if you don't know this, it's vital that you know this, that Jesus did not just come so that you would have heaven forever one day. Jesus came so that you may step into abundant life in the here and now. The Greek word for it is zoe, life to the full, is yours tonight if you want it. And Jesus is living water or abundant life here to bring you abundant life. But I'll argue until the day I die, that is impossible to experience unless you first realize that you are fully known and truly loved. Fully known and truly loved. That Get this through your head right now. God, you know God loves you. He actually likes you too. You believe that? That God actually enjoys the fact that you're alive? He actually, and he's not just in love with some future version of you that no longer struggles with A, B, C, or D and has all your stuff figured out and has a six pack and wakes up at six in the morning to fast and pray for everybody in your phone book before memorizing another proverb, right? Like, like he, love, he, he doesn't just love you like a parent loves a baby and has to change diapers because they know one day I'll no longer have to deal with this. Like he loves you and likes you exactly the way you are right now. You are fully known, flaws and all, and truly loved. And this brings us to John chapter 8, the final day of the feast. At dawn, he went to the temple again and all the people were coming to him. He sat down and began to teach them. Then the scribes and Pharisees brought a woman who was caught in adultery making her stand in the center, and they made her stand in the center. Teacher, they said to him, this woman was caught in the act of committing adultery. Now I read, um, there's an author who lives in LA, and I heard him say, he asked the question, what happens when thousands of people get together in tents and they camp out next to each other for eight days and eight nights and there's a lot of alcohol involved? It's not a trick question, right? People back then are the same as people are tonight, are today, right? The same, and like what people end up in each other's tents regretting decisions they made the night before. And that's exactly what happened to this woman. And they catch her. Not the guy, just her, by the way. 
And they bring her in, and they're trying to catch Jesus. In the law of Moses, in the law, Moses commanded us to stone such women. So what do you say, Jesus? They asked this to trap him in order that they might have some evidence to accuse him. But Jesus stooped down and started writing in the dirt, started writing on the ground. So he turns from them, is ignoring them, and is writing in the dirt with his finger. When they persisted in questioning him, he stood up and he said to them, the one who was was without sin among you should be the first to throw a stone. Then he stooped down again and continued writing on the ground. So Jesus is writing something in the dirt, standing between this woman and the religious leaders. So you remember that main Feast of Tabernacles verse that the religious leaders were teaching out of all week, the one that they would have been very, very familiar with that said in Jeremiah, all who turn away from me will be what? Written in the dirt. And Jesus schools the Pharisees, like if you've seen Goodwill Hunting when Will's at that Harvard bar with the Harvard guy with the blonde ponytail, he schools him like the best scene in the movie. That's what just happened right here. That's what Jesus just did. And then he turns from them, kneels down next to this woman, and begins writing something in the dirt. When they heard this and they knew what he was doing, they left one by one, starting with the older men. Only he was left with the woman in the center. When Jesus stood up, he said to her, woman, where are they? Has no one condemned you? No one, Lord, she answered. Well, neither do I condemn you, said Jesus. Go, and from now on, do not sin anymore. So Jesus fought for his people, and as his imitators, we are called to fight for people. You know, what's interesting. I was thinking, if this was happening, this very scene, if it was somehow playing out in 2018, I was thinking about this. It kind of bummed me out, but I was like, I bet there'd be a few people, a few people being imitators who would stand up and step in, right, and be fighters on this woman's behalf. But then I bet there'd be like 100 or 200 onlookers filming it on their cell phone. And I was thinking, not in the kingdom of heaven do we get away with that, right? Not in the kingdom of heaven. Like, we're called to be fighters of people, not filmers of situations, right? That's to be our posture is down in the dirt next to people because that's exactly where God found us. And let's, like, that's where God finds us, like, every week. Let's be, like, every day he finds us here, down in the dirt, right? This is, like, there is no better place to be than this posture right here. If you look at all the other postures in the story, you have the accusers holding stones and you have the apathetic onlookers who are just kind of hoping the situation turns out for the best. And then you have the advocate in Jesus. You have the fighter of people who was down in the dirt with this broken woman on what I thought, I thought was the worst morning of her entire life. But let me just tell you really quick before we go further, there's not a better posture to have than the one that this woman had on this morning. Completely known, exposed, secrets out, no longer in here. You know like that moment where you, you finally grab a friend and tell them something that you've been needing to tell somebody for a long time and it's just, I'm known, right? 
Or like the time you finally tell that counselor the secret that you've had your entire life that you've been too scared to tell somebody, like, I'm a little bit more, no, I'm outing myself, right? Like, that's what I think about Good Friday. Good Friday, God outed every single one of us when, he, when, when Jesus went to the cross. That was kind of God's grand declaration to the entire universe that Doug Weckenman, born on June 20th, 1988, is going to need a savior one day. He acknowledged it. To the, he outed me to the entire world. Outed me to the entire universe. And there is, this is the best posture that you can possibly take because it's, it's humble yourself or be humbled, right? Fully known and found out the moment that you sit down and, and, and confess that thing to your friend. Like we read this story, I used to read this story as the worst morning of this woman's entire life. And yeah, it probably started that way. It probably started that way, but that morning was also the morning that all of her secrets, all of her shame, all of her sin, everything she'd been struggling with, had like that was the moment it all lost power in her life. Was that moment, like you think about it, like that was the moment she was never more known, more fully known by anybody in her entire life, completely exposed, and it was the exact same moment that she found out she was more loved by God than she ever dared imagine she was. More loved than she ever thought she could be. Flaws included. To be known, I'm sorry, to be loved but not really known is comfortable. To be, to be really known and not loved is our biggest and greatest fear. But to be fully known and truly loved is a lot like being loved by God. And so now ushers, at this time, if you guys want to come forward, and um, they're going to pass the baskets out again. And here's what's about to happen. Take one card, and here's the thing. It's going to be somebody else's card. That's not you. Take one card, one anonymous card, and, and hold on to it just for a few moments. I'll explain this in a second. But while they're doing that, um, here, here's a quick story. Last week, I turned 30 years old. Thank you. Um, wow. I know I look so young. And um, for my 30th birthday, my best friends threw a roast for me in my honor. I had no idea this was happening. My wife blindfolded me and brought me to the Littleton campus. I sit down in a chair on stage. The blindfold comes off, and there's like 50 of my closest friends in the crowd, and there's 12 of my best friends up on stage. And I'm looking, it took me about 10 seconds to, when I saw the people who were on stage, I was like, I know, I think I know what's about to happen. I'm about to get roasted. And, um, <laughs> and it was the best night of my entire life. I'm serious, it was. I know that sounds weird, but it, it was also, like, it was a good roast, you guys. You know, I'm not, it wasn't just, like, slapstick humor, like, surface-level stuff. Like, everybody knows Doug does this, this, and this, right? Ha, ha. Like, it was, like, it was deep stuff. It was, like, <laughs> like, they, they hit on my chronic pain and twitches that I have because of my chronic pain and... My already graying hair, right? And the fact, that I, uh, the fact that I got a wife as hot as my wife, even though I'm a 6 out of 10, on a good day, you know? Like, and, and there were other things also. Um, oh, there were other things, guys. Um, for 90 minutes, though, so much was 
about me was brought to light and made fun of. And I've never felt more loved in my entire life. It's such a weird, it's such a weird backdrop. I've never felt, like everything I was ever afraid of people saying about me was all said in front of my closest friends. And I realized at the end of it, I'm like, I lived through that. I made it. Like, I'm still alive. And everything I ever dreaded people saying about me was just laughed about for 90 minutes, and I made it through. And, and like, I've never felt more honored in my entire life, you know? And, and I, I, like, people would tell me, like, I'm, like, I'm so glad I wasn't in that chair, you know? Because you think, like, this is so embarrassing for me, but everybody who's watching, all they're doing is thinking about themselves and the things that they don't want people laughing about themselves. But you know what? I got to find out because my best friends had a roast in my honor was that it's possible to be fully known, flaws and all, and truly loved at the same time. And that feels a lot better than being kind of known, the good minus the bad, and loved for the good things. <laughs> like Chad always says, you can have secrets or you can have freedom, but you can't have both. You can live a life where your life is concealed from the world and from people, or you can live a life where you are truly loved, but you only get to pick one of those. You only get to pick one. But by God, you are fully known and truly loved. And so, with that said, you have somebody else's card in your hand right now. For the next few minutes, here's what I want you to do. I want you to proudly, we're family in this place. We are in the same boat in this place. We are human beings, all with struggles in this place. And I want you to proudly represent this person, the card that you're holding in church tonight. Whoever it is, like they're a soul. They have a story, right? Like they have pain. They have reasons that they wound up in church tonight, right? Like they have a testimony. This is a real human being. And what I'm going to ask you to do is if your card says yes right now, because I'm about to go through those 10 questions one more time. And if your card says yes when I ask the question, I want you to proudly stand up on that person's behalf because what you're, be do what, what you're doing is you're stepping into the space for that person and you're being a fighter and not a filmer for that person. And what you're doing is fighting. What you're doing is in some roundabout way, you're helping whoever's card that is to be a little bit more known tonight, which is a space where they can realize that they were more truly loved by Jesus than they ever thought they were. And so right now, it's time to find out, you guys, once and for all, exactly how not alone we really are in life. And so number one, do you struggle with anxiety or depression? If your person answered yes, proudly stand up and look around. You're not as alone as you thought. And if this is you, you have a home here. There is hope for a day in your future when anxiety and depression will no longer be reality but will be your testimony. I've seen that just too many times to not believe it can't happen for you. Jesus is that good at doing what he does. All right, you guys can sit. Thank you. Number two, do you sometimes doubt that God cares? 
if you answered yes, proudly stand and look around. God is not afraid of your doubts. If this is you, if you're having any doubts, he's not intimidated by your questions. Maybe you've heard that. Just, just have more faith and believe. Come on, be a good church-going Christian. If this is you, God is not intimidated by your question or your doubts. And if I have one word for you, it is stay close in this season. It is far better to walk with God through the dark than go alone in the light. Stay close. You can sit. Number three, is there anything about your life or past that you feel shame about? If your person answered yes, proudly stand up right now. And by the way, I'm a pastor. I'm three for three so far, okay? And I'm passionate about this one, shame in particular. There is no condemnation for you if you are in Christ Jesus. Shame is a lie. And I would argue until the day I die that the biggest problem in your life is not sin, although I'm not saying that's not a problem. The biggest problem in your life is shame. Sin's not a problem for Jesus. He dealt with that, but it's shame that keeps you from him. Outsmart shame right now in your 20s in your young adult years and oh my gosh the life that's possible for you the living water abundant kind of life that is possible for you forgiveness is not like this slippery bar of soap that you just try to hold on to and hope you don't drop forgiveness is who you are it is your identity and it is in your blood because of jesus and shame is a liar running out of breath you can sit Number four, have you ever been abused either verbally, physically, or sexually? If that's yes, proudly stand. See, you're not, you're not alone. If that's you, not even close. And abuse was never God's plan or his will for your life. If somebody told you that, they're full of crap. They don't know the real Jesus. And it was not your fault, and there is healing in your future. And that is just simply me telling your future what Jesus says about your future. You could sit. Number five, do you have bitterness and unforgiveness in your heart towards somebody close to you? If your card says yes, proudly stand. And this is not a call out, but there's, there's one person in history who has the right to hold on to unforgiveness and he gladly laid it down. And as imitators of him, we, we are called to do the same thing. And I'm not saying that's easy. Following Jesus ain't for the faint of heart. But I am telling you what Jesus is telling you. And that forgiveness is you setting yourself free, not the other person. You could sit. Number six, have you ever eaten an entire pizza in one sitting? If your person answered yes proudly right now. See, this is powerful stuff, young adults. I did that a few nights ago. Shame off of you in the name of Jesus. But if that's you, for future reference, Little Caesars has a great summer deal on deep dish pizzas. 
God wants you to be financially responsible, you may take a seat. Number seven, do you struggle to love yourself the way God made you? If your person answered yes, proudly stand. You're not alone in that. You're in very, very good company here. When he looks at you, you need to know that he sees perfection. He's an artist and you are his masterpiece and he does not make mistakes. And sometimes you need to be careful about how you talk about another artist's work. You are his masterpiece. He doesn't just love you, he likes you. And that includes the way that he made you. You are so special to him. So special, you may sit. By the way, for proof of that, you can read Psalm 139. That's for somebody in here. Number eight, have you ever had suicidal thoughts? If your card says yes, proudly stand up. And thank you for having the courage to answer yes to that question. And if you're still breathing in here, that means that God's not done with you and still has plans for your life. And I'm not up here. Yeah. I'm not up here as some guy who's trying to claim to know the pain that you're in, but I am up here it's just to tell you that you matter. Like it matters that you're alive. It matters for the kingdom of God that you're here. He put you here for, for reasons, plural. And you have a home here. There are people to talk to here. We care about you here. And I just, I am believing. I just have to believe for a day in the future where you no longer have those thoughts. I've seen that. I was talking to Jess just right before this service. We've seen that. Too many times to believe it's not possible for you to. It matters that you're here. You guys can sit. Number nine, do you struggle with an addiction? If your card says yes, proudly stand. If you're battling drugs or pornography or alcohol or an eating disorder, I just want to tell you that you're, you're, you have a home here and that these doors are always open to you and you have a family in this place. So keep coming back because you have not lost the battle yet. There is victory in your future and you will tell stories one day about how addiction used to be your struggle until Jesus came along and murdered that addiction. If you have an addiction, hear nothing. If you hear nothing else, hear this. The grace of Jesus Christ is very violent when it has to be. Let his grace be violent towards your addiction because it is not his will for your life. And he wants to replace it with a stronger addiction to this living water, abundant Zoe life that is yours. It is yours. All right, you can sit. Last but not least, number 10, do you feel alone in what you're currently going through? If your card says yes, would you proudly stand? And look around at all the other people who also feel like there's nobody else. Okay, you can sit. 
Thank you for your authenticity. Thank you for your courage. You might feel alone, but feelings can obviously be uh, pretty deceiving. Um, My question for you is, what can you do this week, all of us, what can you do this week to be a little bit more known than you currently are? Because you're fully known by God, make no mistake. And he truly loves you unconditionally, 100%. You'll never change that. You're not strong enough. You're not good enough at sinning to change how God feels about you. But what can you do to be a little bit more known to a friend this week? What is in here that has been in here for a long time that just needs to get out there? What's in the dark that needs to be brought to the light? Because you know it only has power when it's in the dark, but you don't see that until it's finally exposed and in the light and then loses It's authority over your life. How can you be a little bit more known this week? See, you are Jesus' people. You know how I know that is because by dropping to his knees to stand between this woman and her religious leaders who wanted to stone her. I was going to say her stoners, but this is Denver, so you might, (laughs) might misinterpret that. He wasn't just trying to make a nice little point of like, guys, come on, we could use some more love and a little bit less judgment. Let's be nice. Let's play. Like, this is not a nice little story. Because when Jesus did that, when he stood between the woman and the religious leaders, when he ignored them, when he got down to this posture and drew in the dirt and they knew what he was doing, Jesus was standing up to a religious, political, and social system. And back in Jesus' day, when people did that, they got killed 100% of the time, pretty quickly, which eventually happened to Jesus, probably because of this story. And he knew it would happen, but he still did it. Why? Because this woman is his people. You are his people, and you have a Savior who was crucified in your place so that you can live, and you cannot live until you fully know that you are fully known and truly loved at the exact same time. Fully known and truly loved. To be loved but not known is comfortable. It's so comfortable. But to be fully known and not loved is our greatest fear. That's why we shrink back. But to be fully known and truly loved at the exact same time is a lot like being loved by God. And so let's all stand. I want to finish right here. I can sum up up this whole story. At the end of the story, Jesus says one more thing to this woman. Uh, He says it to her. I'm about to say it to you, and here it is. It's... By God, you are fully known and truly loved. So go now and sin no more. It's two parts. You have to get both. You have to take seriously both parts or else you do not take seriously Jesus. You have to do both parts or else you are not actually following Jesus. By God, you are fully loved and yet, or fully known and yet truly loved. Now go and sin no more. By God, you are fully known and truly loved. So go and be imitators of Jesus. 
By God, you are fully known and truly loved. And so go be fully known and truly loved by people. Go fully know and truly love people. By God, you are fully known and truly loved. So go live like you're loved. Go live like you're liked. Walk into the lobby after YA. Walk into the next room you walk into with confidence in who God made you to be. You are fully known and truly loved. And so live like your future is bright. You are fully known and truly loved, and so go be imitators. You are fully known and truly loved, so go and be Jesus in this world. You are so not alone. And man, I just pray that you walk out of here feeling part of the family a little bit more. You're a little bit more known tonight and loved the same, if not more, by the people in here. Because we're all going through it too. We all struggle. Like life is hard. It's hard enough we don't have to, to rank sin as some JV and some varsity. And if you struggle with this, you better not tell anybody because that's just taboo. And when it all, guys, this is all of us. None of us get off the hook here. God outed all of us on Good Friday. All of us need a savior in Jesus. So I hope you feel more known, more loved, and less alone in this place. You are fully known and truly loved, and so go be Jesus. God, we love you so much. I thank you so much for this family in this room. I thank you for these people, your people, my people in this room. Thank you for this ministry and the miracles that have happened in here over the years. I thank you that we have a safe place to come and find out that it's okay to not be okay. And we can surround ourselves with people who won't let us stay not okay. That's here. I thank you for this sound system and the fact that we can blast music so loud that we can scream at the top of our lungs and believe that we're actually good at it. Thank you. God, thank you, Jesus, for meeting us in the dirt. Thank you for meeting that woman in the dirt. Thank you for challenging a political, religious system, even at the cost of your life, to tell us that we are fully known and truly loved all at the same time. Would you speak that into the hearts personally for every person in here? Would your kingdom life burn in our chests during worship? Would your spirit fall on this place powerfully from heaven? God, we love you so much. And we pray all these things in the powerful name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Guys, I love you so much. So much. Let's worship.